Yo, it's Tony B. <laughs> Welcome back to the Tony B Show, the fourth edition. That's not the fourth edition. I'm tripping. I don't even know what edition it is. But this edition is just going to be me. You know what I'm saying? We do got some pretty interesting people coming up. We'll kind of change up the format of the show. But today it's going to be me venting. You know? See, I got a little different beat going on in the background. You know? I got to come into something smooth. But yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about race today. You know? And I really didn't want to hear anybody else's opinion. I only want to hear my opinion on this subject. And one of the subjects we're going to talk about is this Michael Bennett situation. We're going to also talk about some of the cases that have been coming up to the prosecutor's office and they've been losers. We're going to talk about at least some of the reasons why I think they're losing and should they have lost, you know. And basically it's the media, you know, basically uh, bringing up cases that are losers just for ratings. You know, normally I would flow on something like this, you know what I'm saying. There is going to be a time. Well, I'm going to give me a freestyle on here. But sit back. And welcome to the edition. <laughs> I don't know what edition is. Of the Tony B Show. Peace. Okay, let's get right into it. I would say over the last... Maybe five to six years, there's been a a heightened interest in police brutality. Um, because for some reason, every five years, people act like police brutality is something new. <laughs> They'll come up with some new technology and say, oh, well, you know, even though we had the Rodney King case, you know, back in 92, uh, we didn't know that this was going on because some new technology. And they say this every five years. And in five years from now, somebody else will be claiming the same shit. And the reason that they claim it because they want to try to, you know, even draw more attention to themselves. Oh, well, now it's different. Something is different. Let me tell you something. The Rodney King case, which, if I remember, was back in 1992. That was the clearest case that I've ever seen of police brutality recorded on video. Everybody seen that. This is nothing new. Stop writing social medias. Stop de-writing social media acting like it's discovering something new. It's not. All that social media has done is allow more idiots to voice their opinions. Uh, and we'll get into a lot of the reasons why I think that uh, a lot of these people are idiots. And you may think that I'm an idiot also. But first, let's start with the Michael Bennett case, which which is um, um, one of the latest cases. Now, this guy, Michael Bennett, if you don't know it, uh, he's a football player that plays for... Um, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I mean, if you're a hardcore football fan, his name, you may know his name. I don't think he's a household name 
amongst just a regular citizen, uh, you know, that you would necessarily know his name. But uh, he's one of these guys who have taken up the, uh, um, I guess, the mission of claiming to speak for black folk and speaking on police brutality, civil rights, those things like that. And, you know, I am going to, if I remember, I will get to why I have a problem with celebrities or anybody claiming uh, to speak up for black people and definitely um, to speak up for me. But anyway, he's been one of these guys. And I started noticing a trend a couple years ago that not only athletes, but entertainers, they figured out that they could, because of social media, that they could get a lot of publicity if they did some type of, just the smallest of token measures uh, of so-called civil rights, um, activism, and they would become popular. And a lot of agents figured this out. And what I believe started recommending this to uh, entertainment and athletes. Because I don't believe that an entertainer or anybody of that nature does anything without expecting something in return. And that doesn't have to be money. That can be <laughs> publicity, uh, goodwill, uh, mentioned in history books. But somehow, all of those positives are going to lead back to increase money. At least that's what people hope. At least what I believe. So it started off with this. Well, it didn't really start with him. But when I seen this guy, we started having these people who had never really faced any racism. They were mixed. They didn't really grow up black. But they started to act like they were going to be the activists for black folk, black folk who've actually went through things. And it really started, really what pissed me off was the Jesse Williams thing. When this guy comes out who barely looks like he's black, but he's black, and then he comes out and gives a speech. He gives his, he gives a speech, and then everybody is deriding him. He's such a hero. He's such this and that. But to me, the guy hadn't taken any risk. All he did was give a speech. It wasn't like he was going to be kicked off his show. Trust me, him and his advisors had already had that calculated. It was not going to happen. And part of the reason that it, was going, it wasn't going to happen because he was less threatening as a black man. So if a dark-skinned brother, take the other brother who got kicked off. What's his name? Isaiah. The guy who got kicked off of... Um, the same show I think this guy's on, them hospital shows. Uh, um, they got kicked off earlier because he made some comments about gays. Now, trust me, if he would have made the same speech, if he had been an all the way, all the way straight up brother, that that speech that he gave about racism and all that wouldn't have went far. It wouldn't have went very far. Now, in the Colin Kaepernick, one of the things I think people are mad at him is that the white people don't accept him as really being black. I believe that they accept him as being white. So they're like, you're white. Why are you doing this shit? Because there's a lot of football players that are 
taking a knee. I mean, if I taking a knee, uh, sitting down, it's being done so much that it doesn't even matter anymore. But none of these players are really being penalized. Um, and I think part of the penalization from him, at least from the fans, um, is that they don't really consider him as black. You didn't grow up black. You grew up with two white parents. Blah, you didn't struggle through all of this. So why are you doing this all of a sudden? But this show isn't about Colin Kaepernick today. So going back to the Michael Bennett situation. Now, when I first seen the Michael Bennett, when I first seen it online, I was like, why in the fuck did it have to be him? Because I immediately thought that people on the other side or people who are against, people who are activists would say this guy was looking for attention. How likely is it for an activist who's always talking about police brutality for it to happen to him and then to announce it a day before football season is be, you know is supposed to start. So and plus with him being an activist I'm like why? Why what's the real reason? That you are being an activist. You know, that's one of my things. That, like I said, I'm very suspect of athletes and entertainers. Um, uh, people who, who consider themselves to have a platform. I'm, I'm going to come back to that too about this platform mess. Um, but as soon as I seen it was him, I thought it was for Gazy. I was like, I just thought it. I mean, I was biased. I was like, it's fucking for Gazy. This is some bullshit that he's making up because in reality, there is a lot of police. Well, first of all, there's a lot of police harassment. Most black folk have definitely been through police harassment. Then there's police brutality. There's these are typically young black men from the hood who get police brutality. And a lot of times that topic is mixed up and you have a lot of black people like, oh, they know about police. No, the fuck you don't. You haven't been beat up by the fucking police. And typically the people who are screaming out the most about police brutality are the people who haven't suffered it. You know what I'm saying? Um, the real OGs, the real people who go through this, this is the part of life for them. So when I seen it was him, I was like... Um, it sounds fucking fugazi. So anyway, they showed a tape of him on the ground, and it's a Hispanic cop that has him um, arrested. And he's moving around. He's like, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. Now, first of all, when I seen that this big guy was yelling, doing that shit, I was like, he's drama queening. Because uh, I'm like, if, there, if you don't know, there was a shootout in this casino, the police were called like 10 minutes later they got there. Most of the people had been cleared out the hotel, but you can see from one of the body camps that there still was quite a few people, and there were many black people who were passed by, who weren't arrested. And I seen some people on the video uh, that I was like, hey, arrest that motherfucker, because when I think of shooter, I don't think of a big, I don't think of a big 6'5", six, 6'4", six, guy is almost 300 pounds. No, I think of Chief Keith in there. I think of these little skinny dudes with the uh, skinny jeans looking like Chief Keith. 
That's going to be my top suspect if you're coming into a predominantly black spot. And this this uh, casino that they were in was predominantly black. So, first of all, that raised some questions about his claims of he was only targeted because he's a black man. Now, because initially when I heard him say it, I'm thinking he's just walking down the street somewhere, not near any, you know, and they just came to him. You know, which does happen. This shit does happen. But when I found out that he was in a casino with predominantly black folk and they only targeted him, the whole you a big black dude shit didn't make sense to me because like I said, it's normally not big football dudes who are doing the shooting. Now maybe if there was a brawl or something like that, maybe that could be the case. And we're not talking about really white folk here because there were white folk there, but it was mainly this club was predominantly Black folk. And we don't know if other black folk were detained. We don't know if other, uh, if white folk were detained. Because this shooting that they thought that it happened didn't actually happen. But anyway, get back to Michael Bennett. So I see the tape of him. I see him on the ground. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. Immediately I'm thinking he knows the cameras is watching. Because if you know you didn't do any fucking thing. What the fuck are you worried about? You know they're not now. There are because, and I'm saying that because of the situ- the location he was in. Now, if he was in the country somewhere, he would have a lot to worry about. Or if he was in a secluded area, he would have a lot to worry about. The motherfucker was on Las Vegas Boulevard. He was not going to be shot. But to me, when I seen it, the first thing I thought, because he's always on TV, is that he wants somebody to film this he wants this to be recorded in some way so we see the you know him you know they arrested him they detained him and to talk a little bit about rights because i've done criminal offense i've done everything i've done murders rapes bank robberies i've done all of that and a lot of times when people talk about their rights they don't actually know what their rights are you know, and they don't know what the police can do. Now, the police, there's really two legal standards. You know, the, the legal standard really for police arresting you or, you know, the highest is probable cause. But then there's something called um, reasonable suspicion. And this comes from the Terry v. Ohio case, which was argued, I think it was back in the in the 60s or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Terry v. Ohio. And um, one of the chief opponents against this was uh, um, Thurgood Marshall, who was on the bench at that time. But, of course, he was outvoted. And basically it allows police officers to d- d- detain people if they have... Reasonable suspicion. Now, what is reasonable suspicion? Well, that's always the big question. And a lot of it depends on the facts and the circumstances. So it's one of these subjective areas. So you used to have these people, uh, they were talking about uh, in New York, uh, uh, people were foolishly talking about that only New York has this stop and frisk. That it's something that's only legal in New York. And like I've put on social media before that's bullshit uh stop and frisk is legal because of terry v ohio and it's legal everywhere now of course they can't just stop someone 
only because they're black or all the other type of things. There has to be other factors in it, and that's what comes into play. So it's not just legal. You can just arrest a black person for any reason you want to. It has to be reasonable. And typically, on the street, you're not going to win that reasonable suspicion argument. It's typically going to be won by the police, but then that's what the lawyers do. The defense attorneys do when they argue they file their motions to suppress uh, in these cases. But you can be detained, uh, you know, for a certain period of time. And typically in an active shooter situation, I mean, there's been situations in D.C. where, you know, uh, there have been active shooter situations. They wouldn't let anybody go home uh, until they figured out who was the shooter and blah, blah, blah. Or they could uh, eliminate people. So they show, so they see the tape. I'm, I'm like, this tape doesn't prove uh, that you were arrested just because you were black. The first tape. Then the second tape comes out, which is the body cam. And I think his body cam was actually on a black police officer who was following some other uh, police officers who were going into the uh, casino to try to find the shooter. So they're going on and you can see so many black folk who are not being stopped, who are being allowed to go. I'm like, this is going to weaken any claim that he has of racism. So then it gets to a point where you hear an officer contemporaneously say, um, there you go, there you go. Um so it seemed so spontaneous that it didn't seem like it was a deliberate, we're just profiling someone. Because like I said, they had allowed somebody else to go. But like I said, we could not see Mr. Bennett. But what the police claimed is that most of the people had been cleared out of this hotel. Okay. They see Mr. Bennett. They look at him. They say and a lot of the media, when they're talking about this, they're skipping over this part. They're just saying that uh, the police, you know, uh, he just ran and the police went. No, the police are saying that they looked at him. There's a big difference. I'm looking you dead in your eye. You look at me. Then the police claim that he runs out the door and jump over a wall. Well, if that's true... <laughs> That's definitely going to be reasonable suspicion that you may be one of the dudes. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, they didn't know he was a football player. I mean, are you motherfuckers crazy? I mean, NFL players don't shoot people. Didn't, didn't you know, wasn't, I can't remember the one guy who played for New England. I mean, just because you're a football player doesn't mean that you didn't shoot anybody. But I don't believe that that's the re that would be the reason anyway, because they were in Vegas. These people are used to seeing celebrities, big people. You know, you know, uh, you know, entertainers. I mean, I don't think that they are necessarily impressed by that, but they could be lying about that. And then Mr. Bennett also claims that they um, that one of the officers who didn't have his body cam on. Now, that does raise suspicion. Why doesn't he have his body cam on? Now, he could have, he, you know, maybe he turned off his body cam or he didn't turn it on because he wanted to do some fucked up shit. That's one possibility. But then the other possibility is, is that maybe he just forgot to turn it on. And, you know, people who are picking sides, they don't want to consider both possibilities. Okay. So anyway, Mr. Bennett claims that they claimed 
that if he moved, one of them, you know, the one of the officers, the arresting officer said that if you move, I'm going to blow your fucking head off. Now, in this situation, that didn't really like phase me. Now, he could have been in other circumstances, like say he was coming out of CVS somewhere in Oklahoma and then they do it. I'd be like, oh, my God. But the fact that this is the active shooter situation, and if the police honestly believe that they have a suspect, you know, uh, who possibly could have been the shooter, and he's a big, big guy, they could just be telling him this shit just to get him to comply. I mean, we've seen on TV police arrest people, and they say, uh, I will shoot if you move. I mean, everybody's seen that before. I've had this shit happen to me before on stops where somebody, a lady told uh, an officer, um, and I don't know where she got this from, but I had a dead body in the back of my car, and it was near Halloween time, and it actually was just a Ronald Reagan mask with a blanket on, you know. Um, I mean, it's the, the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. But, and police officers talk shit so whether they now the police are denying that they said this now we look at this two ways if they said you know what if they said this shit i'm saying that even if they said that shit it still wouldn't fucking prove racism they could just be fucking assholes and these are hispanic officers now one of the quick arguments rebuttals that's made to that is that, you know, uh, Hispanic officers can be racist too. You're right. Hispanic officers, black officers, a lot of these people treat black people even worse than the white cops do. But that still is a strike against your argument because maybe they're not racist. Maybe they're just fucking assholes. Maybe it's because they got power, you know what I'm saying, and they're abusing it. Or maybe it's because they're fucking scared, and that's the reason that this guy said that. You know, and I'm going to assume that he said it because it's, you know, it's very likely that this motherfucker, somebody said that shit to him. Michael Bennett could be lying, making that shit up. That's a possibility, too. But it really doesn't matter. Because how does Michael Bennett know that because this was said and because he was arrested, that they did it because of his race? Now, like I said, if he was in different circumstances and there was a lot of white people around, this was in a whole different area, then you would have more of a claim. But the fact that he jumped to that right off the bat kind of let me know that he wanted this to be about race and you know and part of the black experience because you go through a lot of racist shit is that you are programmed to believe that everything is uh, if something happens if you are detained and you know you didn't do anything you know it's very it's not unreasonable for a black person to be like it was because of race it was because of race that's not unreasonable to think but there is a you know there's a good chance that you could just be fucking wrong too. And when you look at the complete when you look at the complete package of this case, you look at all the other black people who were let go, they just went out, blah, blah, blah. You know, people that they didn't even really focus on that I'm like, damn, this person could have shot an officer real quick if he had a gun. From looking at that tape where they showed him going in, uh, I'm like, why would they just pick 
him. You know what I'm saying? And it is this true that he looked and you know you know one question is why is he still in there because they had cleared out one of the things that the police are saying is that they had cleared out most of the hotel before they sent in their officers and he was still in there now of course the police are saying that you know well the police are trying to fight back they try to get the the nfl to investigate of course the nfl can't investigate uh this really doesn't have anything to do with that but the fact that they put out that tape so quick, the one, let me know that they really thought or they really think that they have a case that Mr. Bennett is lying. And of course, now they're saying that they're trying to investigate if he was involved in some melee or fight. Now, if that is true, that could, you know, make sense that if Michael Bennett was in a fight that caused people to break out that he could see the police and then try to run out of fear that he's going to be arrested and put on the news for this that's one possibility it doesn't mean that it's true and I guess my point in this is that there's so many possibilities how could you possibly claim race now here's the problem with claiming racism all the time because I've been one of the big advocates of uh if there's racism let's go hard on them but right now the pendulum has shifted to where so many people are claiming racism just off the top of their head that it actually hurts the movement that when you try to present these things to the larger public and let's just say the the other side is white they see these cases and they're like that doesn't fucking prove racism. And it's not only been this case. In fact, the case that uh, um, Michael Bennett's attorney, Michael Bennett's attorney is actually claiming that he actually said that race wasn't involved. But I remember him from the Trayvon Martin case. Now, I was saying way back in the Trayvon Martin case that that case was a hundred percent loser and it wasn't i wasn't saying that it was a loser just out of some uh uh cynical oh well you know the white people ain't gonna convict the black folk i wasn't saying it based upon that i just knew based upon my experience as a criminal defense attorney they were not going to be able to win that case and i knew that the prosecutor knew they couldn't win that case but they had to prosecute that case because there was so much pressure there's so much public pressure in the case but ironically the guy who is michael bennett's attorney he was also saying that after the fact that uh, there was no way that they were going to convict um in that case and i don't want to go through the whole trayvon Martin case or anything like that but it's just no way they were going to convict and the problem with a lot of these cases is that a lot of the cases that the media is bringing forward. Now, there's been some, like when the guy ran and the white cop shot him from the back, you know, the black guy who thought that he had a warrant for something, that should have been an automatic conviction for murder. There also was the black guy who was walking on the highway, and I think some officers in Chicago shot him, made up his lies. Those cases are clear. 
A lot of cases are clear of police brutality, but these aren't the ones being shown. The ones that are being shown, I mean, the public thinks that these cases are winners. But if you have any sense legally, you know that these cases are losers. So when these cases keep going in front of the juries, and a jury, like I said, is looking at an entirely different case than the public is. And that's the way it's supposed to be because the jury is being guided by rules. They can't be affected by all these other things that could bias their opinion. So when you're listening to the court of public opinion, these aren't, you know, the people that you should be listening to. You know, and not saying that these juries are right. These juries could be wanting to convict these officers, but because of the rules that they are facing based upon the rules of evidence, those types of things, they can come up with completely decisions. Now, if you're an attorney and you do this type of work or you've done this type of work, you can see that these cases are going to be a problem. You know, now I do see some attorneys that will be like, oh, well, this dude should have been convicted. Of that. You know, when I hear that, I'm wondering whether these people are speaking as activists or are they speaking as an attorney? And I think as an attorney, you have to speak as an attorney. You know what I'm saying? You got to tell the truth. And one of the things that attorneys do is dash people's dreams. I mean, people come in with all types of claims and cases they think that they have. And a lot of times, uh, an attorney has to tell them, well, unfortunately, you don't have a case here. I mean, I think that's the case with most with most people who come to uh, attorneys with these speculations and things like that, that these are not winners. So part of the problem that's hurting the effort to convince the other side that this shit happens and they know that it happens is that the right cases are not being put are not being put in the media and the media keeps putting up these cases um, which they look very horrific but they're not they're only presenting one side of the arguments and to be honest the, the media is very liberal uh, so the media is going to skew it to where you know liberals will think that you know this is um that this is uh this is you know unjust. Now, I am what I consider a moderate. A moderate. I've never voted Republican. I've always voted uh, Democrat. But I'm not like one of these crazy liberals that just comes up with all type of bullshit. So some days I may sound like I'm a Republican, and some days I may sound like I'm Democrat, even though I've always voted. Democrat. And really, this has been the posture of most black folk. Most black folk have been moderate, but they always vote Democrat. You know, but we've never been completely as conservative. Now, I do see more black folks moving, more liberal and liberal. Uh, but we've always been more conservative with, um, like when it came to like gay gay rights and all that stuff. Black people were typically more conservative on this. I do see a shift now, um, you know, in these matters where um, people are going way to the extremes. Either you have the nuts on the right and then you have the nuts on the left. I mean, 
and then you have you know like i said i just try to keep balance uh, when i'm looking at these things but in conclusion with the michael bennett thing i would be very surprised if they file a lawsuit now i mean i hear their attorneys and i because i'm wondering like you can't be claiming this on racism you have to know that you are not going to win on racism. So I think his attorney is smart enough not to know it. So, And then on the other thing about they didn't have probable cause or reasonable suspension, I mean, uh, suspicion, I don't see how that case is going to be a winner either. You know, I'm wondering how you're going to... Um, Prove this matter. I mean, they had an active shooter, active shooter situation. At least they thought. I mean, that's going to give police officers a lot more leeway to be suspicious of people than in other circumstances. And that's another thing I didn't understand with the Michael Ben. I mean, this isn't just a regular like crime. This is like a shooter in a club. And I've been in those situations. I mean, I've been in those back in the nineties. People was always shooting up the club when I lived in the Midwest. The East Coast, I haven't seen it as much. But people was always shooting up the club. I remember college parties. People shooting in college parties. And then they forced, if you were storing a college party, that you had to hire security. So I bet, you know, they call it active shooter. Now it's the fancy word active shooter. It used to be just a motherfucker shooting in the club. You know what I'm saying? That's what it used to be called. But I've been through that situation many times. I would say at least 10 times I've been in a situation where people are uh, shooting in the club. You know, and I'm just thinking, like I said, it's going to give the police a lot of leeway. So when I look at the Michael Bennett situation and the time of when he put this out, because I'm thinking, man, if you really was this scared and not, first of all, you was this scared. Why are you still talking after you said that a police officer said he was going to blow your head off? Then why are you later on still saying I didn't do nothing? I didn't do nothing. I mean, why don't you just be quiet and let this stuff just play out? You know you didn't do nothing. You know you're going to be released. But to me, this was the perfect situation for him and this thing about platforms. It was perfect for this to happen to him. See, see, see what happened? And in some indirect way, maybe it could help Colin Kaepernick's situation. And like I said, I don't have a problem with that. But like I said, it's very dangerous when you just cry racism and then you don't have anything, you don't have any logical reason to back it up. And now we live in a society where people want easy answers to everything. Nobody wants to think about anything. And that's actually hurting black people's cases because the cases can easily be argued by these racists online because I see them. I see them arguing the cases. And the unfortunate thing is that a lot of times, even though these people are racist, they're pointing out legitimate holes in these cases because the cases are weak. Now, this thing about platforms, because you have people who think that a celebrity getting up speaking for them 
uh, is doing something for them. And I think that's the stupidest shit in the world. For one, they don't have a real platform. Their platform is to idiots. It's basically to the court of public opinion, which is typically a bunch of idiots. Um, people are just acting off emotion. Uh, they're already biased. They've already picked a side before they know the facts. That's, and it gets a lot of attention. But it doesn't change anything. The real platform is in the courtroom. It's in the legislative rooms. It's in these pockets of power. These people are not there. Nobody gives a fuck about what Michael Bennett thinks in the real pockets of power. But because it's on TV, people think that these people are actually doing it. No, they're not. It's just a bunch of TV people entertaining people who don't, you know, people who don't think. There's a reason why. A lot of people don't want to hear athletes and entertainers speak. There's a lot of reasons why they won't vote for them. Um, because they're like, listen, I like you for like sports and all of this shit. But you don't have any real influence. You know, you don't have any real influence where it matters. Now, you could be a smart guy. But if you want to be a smart guy and you're an athlete or entertainer, don't use your celebrity to do it. Actually go into a courthouse or get to a law degree and then go in there and make a difference. Don't just do stuff that's just great theater. You know, something that looks good on TV. Then, then you just step back and then all of a sudden you're a race messiah. That's not real work. That's not the work that used to be put, put in. Back in the day, back in the 60s when people, you know, and even back before then when people were really going through things. And one of the things that black people have to realize is that we can't keep using the same strategies to the same extent. Because we have to acknowledge progress. And things aren't good. Things are still bad. But we've came a long way. And if we don't want to acknowledge it, and trust me, a lot of us don't want to acknowledge it because there is power in being a victim. There is power in claiming racism. There's power in claiming sexism. You have a lot of women who have not faced any sexism at all, but they claim it. You know, and as a black man, you know, to go off on a tangent with that, I mean, I don't even know what sexism is because when it comes to white women, Black men have never been put above white women. White women have always made more money. Black white women were there taking selfies when black men were being hung. And they make more money than black men. And black women make more money than black men. And I get tired of hearing ignorant black men who talk about that black women have it worse than black men. Are you a fucking idiot? Are you serious? When you look at police brutality, you go in any courtroom and you look at black men in the criminal justice system or in any system, you know what I'm saying? It can even be uh, child support, anything like that. It's typically a black person who put them there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you have it way worse. You look at 
college enrollments. It's mainly black women. You know, black women have always been able to get into jobs that black men haven't. Now, maybe when black men got into those jobs, maybe black men did climb to higher levels. But if you look at the numbers, black men don't make as much. But I went off on a tangent with that, that black when I when you talk sexism and all that stuff, I'm thinking this is a white person versus white white man versus white woman thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not including um, black men. But getting back to this acknowledging progress, as time go on goes on and on, the less you're going to be able to argue and lean on racism. And this is hard for us as black people to do because as soon as we are born, we are indoctrinated into the history and uh, the skepticism uh, that is, you know, that has happened to us in the past. And I tell you what, and this may be provocative to say, do we really want racism to be completely gone? Now, does the racist really want racism to be completely gone? I would say, of course not. But does the victim, or what some people like to call themselves oppressed, do they really want it to go away? Do we want it to go away? What if we couldn't claim racism? What if we got arrested, didn't get hired for a job, got fired from a job, and we couldn't rely on that history? And like I said, it may sound provocative or even kind of ridiculous. But there's a power in that history of being able to claim that. Of being able to say, well, shit, you know, uh, you know, what, you know I, got, I got arrested, I didn't get the job, well, shit, shit, I can always rely on racism. And then when you get fancy, you can say systematic racism. Because that's that's like the uh, that's like the uh, um, the the catch-all phrase. Because it's so hard to prove, and it's so hard to disprove that you can always say was well, systematic. And one of my missions now in life, because trust me, I've been president of a lot of black organizations. I was militant. Uh, I've argued face-to-face with Clarence Thomas uh, back in law school. Uh, I mean, I've done these things. But what I expected back then was progress. I knew I wasn't going to be making the same types of arguments at the same type of intensity. So, yes, I can argue about racism, but I can't argue it at the same intensity as back in the 90s. You can't fucking, I can't say, oh, ain't nothing has changed. It's fucking lie ain't nothing changed. I never thought that I would see a black president, but it happened. Now, I knew that when we got a black president that really wasn't much going to change. Uh, and that that was going to be used, you know, as a uh, landmark for people arguing that racism doesn't exist. So this was part of my problem with black folk back then 
on why they was deriding Obama. Because I'm like, listen, because people wanted it one way with Obama, most black folk. They wanted Obama to get the credit for everything, but they didn't want him to get the blame for anything. Now, when it came to getting credit, Obama did it himself. Now, when it came to um, some failures or him not stepping up for black folk, oh, he's not the president of all black people. He's president of all people. We can't do that. It was that type of bullshit. And I'm like, okay. He's not the president of black folk. We'll stop worshiping him as worshiping him, worshiping him because he's black. You can't have it both ways. You can't worship him as he's black and then say, oh, well, he can't really do anything for black folk. And that was mainly the excuse. Now, I liked Obama, but Obama was not hard enough on racism. And, and this was like our one chance, but I knew he wasn't going to be that way. And one of the people who told me was this attorney who's in a partner at a major law firm. She actually, he was actually one of her instructors when he was a, um, I, I, she was like a visiting student at the University of Chicago. He was the professor at the time. And this was back in 08, back when he was running. She was like, that's not his character. There were even people from Chicago was like, that's not his character. That's not how he rolls. You know, and even when the first interview, 60-minute interviews, they had him and Michelle Obama, he was asked a question about race, and then he backed up off it. And then Michelle Obama, she went in. And I remember things that used to make me mad about Obama when he was running back in 08, is that he would go hard on black men, you know. He would tear in, because it's politically correct to blame black men for everything. You get blamed by, you don't just get torn down by white folk. You get torn down by everybody, black women, everybody, even other black men. There's nothing wrong with blaming a black man for anything. You know what I'm saying? You know, black men are, and especially if you're young and you're black, um, and you're from a certain area from the hood, you know. And we as black folk, we got to we gotta make distinctions on people who are going through shit and people who aren't going through shit. Just because you're black, it doesn't mean that your ass is going, your ass is facing hella motherfucking racism. Stop saying that shit. Because the thing about it is that when I used to represent these, um, uh, you know, the black people who really get the, uh, really get the shit, really get the business, a lot of times it was other black folks sending them to jail. And a lot of times these other black folks didn't want to fuck with these people. They was like, they believed, because, you know, prosecutors back in the day in D.C. And there was a professor, I can't, he was a prosecutor. And he's like a, a law professor at uh, George Washington. And he, was, he basically said the U.S. Attorney's Office used to train for when they argued to a black jury to argue to the jury that you all are black folk, but this person on trial, that's a nigga. And that carries over a lot in the black community. Now, on social media, everybody acts like they're together. And most of the people you are hearing are not the people who are actually going through shit. They don't actually really fuck with the people who go through shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them 
You know, they like these niggas is raised is lowering my property value. I don't want these motherfuckers around. I'm a professional black folk. I didn't went to such and such school, you know, and especially out here in the D.C. era. These are the most affluent blacks in the country. These are the most educated blacks in the country. And you have some of the most bougie blacks in the country. So, yeah, on social media, they like free all the black folk. How could Hillary Clinton, you know, the mass incarceration? Shit, put these motherfuckers in their, in, in their neighborhood. See what these motherfuckers do. Then you're going to see the real. Oh, don't put that motherfucker through my neighborhood. Don't put him in my neighborhood. And another thing that I wanted to talk about is black police officers. Um, and actually when I came and there's different, there's different because I have friends who are law enforcement. In fact, when I first came to DC, I expected to be welcomed as a young attorney by the older black attorneys, uh, in DC, uh, because, you know, know, I, I was, you know, a trial attorney, so we would meet at the courthouse. So it was a lot of, you know, it was a big collection of black folk. They didn't want to fuck with me. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, the people who started talking to me when I would sit in the uh, cafeteria were actually the U.S. Marshals. One took me out on my birthday, uh, bought me a Johnny Cochran book, and I became cool with the U.S. Marshals. Became some of my best friends. Actually, one... Uh, who's from Brooklyn, who, when I first seen this motherfucker, I thought he was a, a, a rapper. I couldn't even believe this one. I was like, because the first time I met him, we went to a Howard uh, homecoming. I was like, this motherfucker's a marshal? He had his head to the side. The way he was talking, that oh, you know, the fucking New York can't fucking talk. And, um, you know, he's actually recently became, um, you know, a member of my fraternity. But, I started realizing that there could be differences in if there's federal police, if it's, you know, local police, not saying that one is better than the other in attitudes. But at least from the U.S. Marshals that I dealt with, the ones I was in the most like a good with, you know, these brothers is cool stand-up guys. You know, some I even represented in matters that they had, you know, racism they were facing um, within um uh, law enforcement but then you have a lot of these guys who have this power complex um who are ready to kick some motherfucking ass so a lot of police shit it isn't just racism but racism is a big fucking part and i'm one of the people who i don't believe that most police officers are good i don't believe that shit i believe most police officers are bad and then you have the few uh, uh, who are um, good, and you know that that could be a sizable number, but there are a sizable number of police officers because most of my interactions with police officers have been motherfuckers who are um, abusing uh, their power. It's like that that Bama who's uh, the bouncer at the club who. Um, Treat you like shit because he feels like he has power and all of that shit. A lot of times that happens. So, but we got to stop excusing 
black police officers and saying that the white man is making the white man ain't making them do shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these black police officers want to because they want to. It's like, motherfucker, you know, I'm telling you to shut up. You shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? So Michael Bennett could have easily been told that by a black police officer. And these Hispanic officers who could have said this shit, it could be a power thing. Like, shut your bitch ass up because police officers talk a lot of shit on the street. Now, of course, when you pull out your video camera now, they shut the fuck up. Of course, when you get in the courtroom and you get to run, then you get to run they ass. They don't be talking that same shit that they talk, but they know for that one moment, even if they know that shit is un- uh, illegitimate, even if they know the prosecutor is going to not even prosecute the case, dismiss the case, they know they can fuck up your night. And a lot of them just fuck with you just to fuck up your night. You know, so definitely you can face bias from any race of police officer. But that bias doesn't always have to be um, racial bias. And I used to bring this up during uh, closings when I was doing jury trials. Is that when you are, when it, take drug cases. I just do federal conspiracy cases and shit like that. The prosecutors would make it like, now you can have, you can be charged in a conspiracy case, and you you don't even know this motherfucker who's in. He could be in some other country or some shit. You don't even know this motherfucker, but this motherfucker is your code D, and you got a prosecutor saying that you was in a conspiracy with this motherfucker. They will make the conspiracy seem like it's so small. You all had to know one another, blah blah blah. But then when it comes to you. Turn the conspiracy thing on like, okay, these cops was conspiring against my client. Oh, that's ridiculous. How could they get together? Blah, blah, blah. And you're saying it in the OJ case. How could these police officers get together and do all of this? Blah, 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 blah. But then when it comes to drug conspiracy cases, oh, conspiracy is just, you know, it's easy. So there's a lot of hypocrisy. In these cases. Now today, you know, I'm going to close this out because I just really wanted to uh, rant a little bit. I think that the Michael Bennett, um, I think that he's actually going to be on Nightline. But then I see the damn Nightline doesn't even come on until 1235 a.m. So I don't even know if I'm going to stay up to watch it or maybe DVR it or to see his position. But we don't need celebrities. You know, and now these people, I mean, even the Al Sharptons and these people are being pushed out. The people who used to always get, you know, be claimed for wanting attention. Now they're being pushed out. But the thing about Al Sharpton is Al Sharpton is actually fucking smart. You know what I'm saying? Al Sharpton actually knows his shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, so now it's kind of ironic because I used to, you know, I didn't really have any biases against uh, uh, Al Sharpton and... uh, Jesse Jackson, I've actually met those guys at the convention down here, and and then you know a lot of you know a lot of these brothers are smooth brothers too, um, but um, these guys are actually smart. We have a lot of people now who are not equipped to make the legal and policy arguments. See, your boy, I mean, he, I mean, Al Sharpton really sharpened his game where he's not really trying to prove. What somebody's thinking or he doesn't even really care what they think. That's hard to prove. He's more on the punishment, the policies, those things. He's not going to change people's mind. 
You're not going to change people's mind on what they believe. If people don't believe that police brutality is happening, they don't believe it. There's not one fucking case that's going to change that. If the Rodney King chased it, King didn't chase it. Nothing is going to believe it. So when these athletes getting their little things, whether they made it up, they tried to make it happen, they wanted to get arrested, or maybe it just really happened the way that they said it happened, you're still not going to change people's mind. So you're not bringing attention to that. The only thing that you bring attention to is yourself because then what happens then is you become a hero and people start deriding you. But you're not in the trenches with the people who are not known, who are not seen, who are really risking things. Those people never get the attention they're supposed to get. But you get all the attention. And I want that shit to stop. But you know, this has been the Tony B Show. Back. I really want to freestyle, you know what I'm saying? But my flow is kind of slowed down, but I'm going to get it back going, you know what I'm saying? So, yo, for thanks for checking out the Tony B Show. To me, you know, today I was just ranting. But we're going to bring on some other people from other nationalities. We're going to bring some white folk, some Hispanic folk on the show. And then we're going to see what the black people say. We're going to see if they talk shit. Then when the when they call the white man the man, we're going to have the man on here and see what the fuck they talk about. No, but we're going to bring on some other perspectives. But yo, thanks for checking out the Tony B Show. Peace. <laughs>